Hi, everybody. Mike and Kenton here. We are so excited that you join us on the uh, on the journey and the conversation. Um, it is today, the day that this is recorded. I have turned forty years young, and, and um, that was that was KB. That's right. Happy and, birthday, Mike. Yes, and so so Kenton. Um, we we thought that we would talk a little bit about a theology of aging because mm. our um, first of all, our senior pastor has done a lot of it, and then secondly, um, I'm 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 15 or 16 years behind him, so I would just want to I want to grab hold of this wisdom for all it's worth. But I thought um, this is a subject that we don't talk a lot about, and and there's there's just a really interesting biblical perspective on it. I thought we'd explore a little bit today. And so, Kent, and I, I, I want to lead off just by asking you this. And these, by the way, are not pre-rehearsed questions. Let me tell you. Um, and I think you probably know by the answers that they weren't pre-rehearsed. Uh, Kenton, do you would you agree that our society worships youthfulness? And if so, how so? Yes, it absolutely does. And you see it walk by any magazine rack, and you look at all of the images and pictures that you see always younger. And then you look at what we celebrate and youth is celebrated. You look at how people try to hold on to youth that's, yes, that's right. uh, through surgery and or exercise. Not all bad in the sense of trying to be healthy, yeah. but the sense of if I could be young forever, then or I could feel young forever. And there's probably a, a profound biblical reason in there that we are created to live eternally and the sense of an outer shell dying, is, which is a part of our sin and brokenness, is a mourning thing, a sadness, because we weren't created to become older. And so I can understand that. But then that fixation of it, where uh, we want to be young forever, holding on to it, and don't know how to age gracefully. That's it. And so I think, you know, the, you've got in the, the passages, these biblical passages of young is to learn from older. So, Mike, let's talk about how you learn from me and how, you know, this wisdom. <laughs> what, are, what are the three or four ways that you learn oh, as a younger my person? Goodness. From an older, wiser person. But then, all kidding, <laughs> kidding aside, the, I think the most good, profound passage of, I know, the theology of, of age. Uh, comes from Genesis, right? The oracles of destiny, where it says, from Ooh. dust you came and dust you'll return. And so when we look at the effects of sin, life, and the New Testament affirms this, life grinds us down mm -hmm. and back into dust. So what is the hope? And that is the gospel. The gospel is that while the outer man is decaying, there every day the inner man, the new man, is becoming more and more like Jesus. And so while the outward is a losing game, the only hope that we have is inside, we become more and more like Jesus. So obviously I'm more like Jesus than you because <laughs> I've lived longer. But obviously. the hope is that inside this, the inner person That's is right. becoming more of what Jesus wants us to be. Yeah. And, and so I think that's that theology of the gospel or yeah. of aging, that's the most profound thought in it. But Absolutely. I know you must have thoughts now that you're oh, turning 40. Oh, absolutely. So what great thoughts well, do no, you I have? Think that's, I, think that's, I really think that's excellent. And there's some of this hinted at in the Old Testament scriptures that there, there's this profound respect that was commanded even. But it was, it was not only culture, it was commanded 
uh, for, for those that are older. Literally, ripe old age was one of the greatest gifts God could give somebody. And gray hair was a mark. It was a, yes. this crown. It was a crown of glory. That's right. And baldness is even greater gifting from Jesus. <laughs> and But you got to read that in the Hebrew. Now, uh, in the Torah, uh, the first uh, five books um, of, the, uh, of the Jewish Bible, of our Old Testament, uh, literally old, the word, the Hebrew word for old is synonymous with the word for wise. There was Don't this forget sense, that. Yeah. <laughs> and there was this sense that as Paul begins to teach how churches should work, that um, he, he builds this in, particularly in Titus, when he's talking to the older men investing in the younger men and in the uh, older women investing in the younger women. And so there's this profound kind of bending both directions from a younger person's side to recognize the wealth of experience, uh, the, the, the per- perseverance through trials, the learning from mistakes. I mean, there's so much that's there. Uh, and on the on the older side, to recognize that retirement, the way Americans define it, isn't a biblical thing. It's to, to have worked and then just get to to do whatever you want. Then once you're retired, nowhere does the Bible exempt us from investing in His kingdom. Now there are transitions and stages of life and all of that, but there is this profound sense that now more than ever, a younger generation who hasn't been fathered, who hasn't been parented, who uh, pre- predominantly have grown up in either dysfunctional or broken families needs more than ever an older generation willing to put up with us, and I include myself here because I'm 40, <laughs> put up, to put up with us, but more than that, to invest and to listen and to hear. And so, uh, so we just want to wage a little bit of theological war against this American preoccupation with youthfulness that says that youthful is like the best part of life is when you're young. Now, we disagree with that, and, and you've read a couple of studies that have suggested otherwise. Right. I think uh, out of a magazine, The Economist, we were talking about, had this study that showed happiness, and it, and it, so at, the, at 10 being happy and then zero being very unhappy, what they showed is at 18 years old, we're very happy, and then from 18 till 45, uh, there is a steep drop in our happiness, But what was fascinating by this secular study is after 45, it reverses and goes back up. So it's this U-shape, and your happiest is when you are, I think, 78 and older, which is totally different than what people think because they think what we celebrate is, no, we would be happiest in our 20s, our 30s, when when biologically we're our most fit. But what it shows, I think it, it backs up that biblical perspective that aging right is to embrace the sense of there is loss from physical abilities. But if I live right, so age doesn't automatically make someone wiser, especially no. if they live the same year over and over again. That's right. But if I'm willing to embrace this idea of the biblical idea that every day as I meet with God and God gives me the ability as I look at his word through his Holy Spirit and through his power to become wiser, to learn through the lessons of life and through the gentleness and gentleman, through the kindness of the Holy Spirit where he's teaching me every day as I learn, then I'm becoming the kind of person that we're talking about. That's right. And, uh, and, And somebody that then wants to turn back and says, let me share with you 
the lessons that I've learned. Because every time I get through another 10 years, I think, there are people who did this. <laughs> right. Why didn't I listen right. better? Totally. Uh, or were they saying it? Or was I not as attentive? Because these aren't new lessons. Every time I get to a, a certain plateau, I think, there, people knew this. Right. I need to, I want to learn. I want to le- learn. So I'm always looking 10 years ahead. Right. Asking, what do they know? How can I learn from them? But at the same time, I think what you're talking about, the challenge to look backwards and saying, what is it that I can offer That's to it. the next generation? That's right. To offer to them the wisdom that I've uh, come, that I've gained, yeah. and mostly the encouragement. Because I think that blessing that the Bible talks about is what age can do. Age gives right. this wonderful ability to bless the younger generation right. and affirm them in the struggle that they're in. Uh, one, reminding them that whatever struggle they're in, whether it's child-rearing or right. when they're newly married or in child-rearing, whatever that struggle is, it won't last forever. That's right. And the danger is to make a decision in the struggle of that time thinking this is this will be this way forever. And no one's ever struggled with this before. Right. And, and, and then helping them understand this struggle is what everyone goes through. That's right. There are, there are tools, there, there is wisdom, and there is truth that can meet that struggle, but it is in persevering through that struggle that you develop character. That's it. It isn't by escaping out That's of right. that struggle. That's right. And, and because of our preoccupation with youthfulness, we seek to eliminate, delay, or um, postpone for as long as possible um, the aging process. Uh, I mean, there's this extended, uh, it's called adult adolescence now, <laughs> that adolescence gets carried through, particularly for men, into well into the 30s, which you just go, you know, I, I get why, but there's, a, there's such a false perception of what the good life uh, really is. In fact, happiness originally didn't mean a feeling of well-being. So happiness, to be happy, was to have a good, good and virtuous character. Right. And so even our definitions have changed to reflect this. I have a friend who's 73 years old, he's had a stroke, and he is planning a church in Hollywood. And right now, every Saturday morning, he meets with 30 models, producers, people from the entertainment industry in this apartment in West Hollywood, and they're all young, they're all hip, they're all cool, and they hang out with this guy because he has embraced his line to me, which I love and I'm just, I want to live by it, is he's, I want to die with my boots on. I want to be like the biblical character of Caleb, right? Mm -hmm. Who comes to the promised land with Joshua and is bold. And then 40 years later, he's back. And what's he, 80 or something? And God's like, go get him. Uh, This is that guy. And I think the reason people people who are younger are so drawn to him is the posture of his heart is generous with all of this wisdom and experience. He'll meet with anybody, sit with anybody, listen to anybody. And, and, and just his life experience tells in such a powerful way that younger folks who, who are coming out of really difficult situations love him right. and love to be with him. Okay, so if probably more people that are younger listening to the podcast because people who are older don't understand the technology, what would you say, Mike, then to somebody who's listening to that saying, I'd love, I'd love to have that in my life, but I don't know of older people or no older people are inviting me in. That's right. Where would I find that? What would you say to them? The way, the way I've done it, um, just to be honest, is I've prayed about it consistently. I've mm-hmm. asked God for mentors. Um, secondly, I've been very aggressive and very upfront with people. 
Um, when I say I would love to meet with you, I'm very clear about what I'm asking. I'm not asking them to solve all my problems. I'm not asking for them to come up with some curriculum. I'm just asking them. I see something in that I want to be like. And so I want to get together regularly and just and just sit and talk through life is what ends up happening. And so I have some really close people that I meet with regularly. And then I have folks that I see maybe once or twice a year. But but I love um, being around them because they wake me up to some of the blindness and idolatry um, in my own life. So one of the things you're saying is by praying and then by asking. Yep. You find that there's a great openness to Absolutely. that. Absolutely, because the, the lie has been that, that no one's interested. And I find that, that the lie among lots of older people is that they feel irrelevant mm-hmm. and they feel lonely and they feel like there's no place for them in the church or in the, in the world because, you know, once you hit a certain age, you're easily replaceable with somebody who's younger and we don't have to pay as much. Um, you know, if, if you're only aiming at a demographic that's younger in a church— you you can exclude whole segments of the population. So, I mean, I find that that just the opposite is true. There are people who would love to invest but don't know how in the same way that if you're younger, you'd love to be invested in. And, and of course, it turns out to be mutual. It's yes. never just a one-way thing. Uh, but what it does is it reminds our older brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers that there is a huge place for them in the kingdom. And it reminds the younger folks that they don't have to repeat all the mistakes of other generations. Uh, that's why, you know, Paul talks about the Old Testament, and he says, listen, even though you've been grafted into the nation of Israel, learn, he's talking to non-Jewish people, learn from their mistakes. Um, one of the reasons why we tell stories in the Old Testament is because there is no temptation that has afflicted us that is not common to what everyone deals with. And so there's this great partnership that we can live, and you can't program it. I mean, I wish we could create a mentorship program tomorrow and have it work out great. But it's like it's like um, it's like finding people uh, that you would want to call family. There's there's a sense that you have to try out, you have to be willing to fail, you have to be w- willing to risk and to ask and to reevaluate it and say, you know, this feels like we're just not really connecting in the deepest way, and have that be okay. Right. But there has to be an intentionality. That's and I the agree big with thing. that because, and I think if there are older people listening to the podcast, because you found your way through technology, yes, it is. My experience is the same. Uh, from the different side as I've been willing to move at younger and pull them in and say, let's be together and let's learn together. There is an excitement. It creates energy for me, excitement for me. And I love learning from them. And so I got one more question for you though. Yes. Just, um, and I don't know if we can do it justice, but one of the things I learned from you, uh, when I was a college pastor here, is you talked about the difference between living according to physical energy and living according to spiritual energy. Right. And as you were getting older, how to make that transition? Could you spend just a couple of seconds talking about that? Because I thought that was really yeah. profound. Well, I think that... Yes, we'll go a little over. That's right. I think it's the idea of the gospel that we talked about in Genesis, that while physical energy is a diminishing asset that we have, there's no one that gets more of it through life. Uh, there's just no doubt that you have less physical energy. What you want to do in your younger years is build spiritual strength. And spiritual strength, just from what it's talking about, we talked about what the Bible says, that the inner person is developing and becoming stronger. That somewhere, I think, around 45, that same idea that the economist found, is somewhere around 45, those two lines intersect, and there should be more spiritual energy in life growing 
through life than That's what it. you have physical energy. And what you want to learn to do as you move older is to not overwhelm every problem with physical energy. It's good. But to overwhelm it with spiritual energy so that you're looking at solutions with prayer, God's word, truth, uh, trusting in the Holy Spirit, not in your own uh, abilities, but mm. trusting in what God can do and through his people. And so as you as you look towards your the horizons of your life saying, I want to experience more supernatural energy, more of God's energy in my life, then I'm building for this, uh, a different horizon with greater excitement and greater hope because there is a sense that, of course, God can do more and more through me as I'm trusting in him. And all of these passages become so alive that in my weakness, I see God's strength and I see that more and more. So I'm way stronger than you are, Mike. (laughs) Well, we shall see as we now go to thumb wrestling. (laughs) Um, Mike and Kenton here, grateful to have you along with us. Bless you. Have a great rest of your week. See you this weekend.